We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how are we doing? Nick, I've entitled our Google Doc for this episode, Nets Chaos Reign Supreme. Yes, and today was very chaotic. We hope to get some good news, majority bad news, or just indifferent stuff. We're going to jump into that in plenty more. Make sure, make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Jack, where do we start? Nick, we got a woge bomb. Not the bomb that we wanted, though, because... <laughs> I actually want to ask you about the nature of it because whenever we do hear Woj reports, it generally does come from Sean Marks and such. But we heard a lot about maybe murmurings and leaks that could have been from Kevin Durant's camp, possibly. And for those that haven't been living under that have been living under a rock, Woj basically summed it up as this: the Nets risk alienating Kevin Durant and unfastening him from his commitment with everything that's pertaining to Kyrie Irving and the negotiations, which we chatted about just a couple of days ago. Nick, what were your thoughts when you saw this? Not just bomb, but nuclear bomb. Yeah, I mean, obviously, extremely disappointing and not not super surprising though, because this is something we've talked about in the entire you know Kyrie Nets contract saga in terms of you take the risk of upsetting Kevin Durant and causing an issue with that relationship and KD potentially asking out, which was essentially confirmed today. If Kyrie were to be let go or not resign, KD would pretty much request a trade. Obviously he hasn't come out and fully said that, but all the reporting essentially supports that. So this put an extreme amount of pressure, I think on the Nets front office to get the deal done with Kyrie Irving and it still hasn't gotten done. We don't know how much progress has been made. You know, Mark Stein reported something a little bit more positive in terms of the contract stuff later on. But still, it's holding the nets up on multiple fronts because other moves are happening. And we've also got reports that, you know, players on the team, other players around the league are kind of unsure what's going on with the net situation. So the fact is, until they get everything settled with Kyrie Irving and get him re-signed to this team... We really have no expectation in terms of what's going to happen with the rest of the roster or what other moves they're going to make. Exactly. The the team is in flux, and, yeah. and that is incredibly frustrating. The most recent news we got from Woj just a, of an hour ago, which you shared with me, Nick, uh, via Nets Daily, who, who aggregated it, saying, Woj on the timing of any re- resolution to the Kyrie Irving impasse next several days, perhaps into the start of free agency in July. 
Nets, of course, will need to make other moves to fill out the roster during that same time frame. This is, it's it's just an absolute shit show. It is just yeah. a genuine, genuine shit show. Now, I probably got a bit of my feelings after the Jeremy Grants um, the deal was made. I obviously do understand that Detroit is clearly prioritizing um, having cap space to likely go after a big-ish fish like a DeAndre Ayton, and the Nets couldn't necessarily give them that in a Joe Harris sort of package, but a three-team deal could have been maneuvered. And the the Nets pick that they would be offering could have been a little bit better in terms of next year's Sixers pick. So it was certainly frustrating to see that, but I will try to maybe touch on some free agency stuff, which we were supposed to today <laughs> um, before the, the chaos uh, reigns supreme, as I said at the top. But this is just, this front office is about to ruin any chance of winning a championship. And the goal of basketball, Nick, the goal of sport is to win. And they are just losing in so many departments. Yeah, and I, I don't want to say just the front office because I think it's ownership too. And we discussed that yesterday is this is likely coming a lot of a lot of it at least is coming from Joe Sy in terms of the contract negotiations. If he wanted it done, it would have already been been done. And like you mentioned, Jack, as it progresses further, and like we got the report from Woj that it could carry into free agency, would essentially be you know, the worst case scenario in terms of re-signing Kyrie. If you're going to re-sign Kyrie, and that's the case that we all want, the Nets, I think, deep down want that, and Kevin Durant obviously wants that, and all the fans want that, you want to get it done before the draft because the draft is supposed to be one of the most chaotic days in terms of trades. You know, we're, they're expecting a ton of trades, and we've heard that from NBA front offices. We've heard that from reporting and whatever it is. So the fact is, every hour the Nets waste not getting this deal done, the more negative impact it could potentially have moving on into next season. Look, there's talks of, in terms of the the deal, you know, th- these sort of points from Woj probably help sum up the scenario a lot. For everything owner Joe Sy and general manager Sean Marks do, did to assemble one of the modern NBA's most talented big threes, Irving's impenetrable connection to, to Duran looms as a domino to, dis- to the dismantling of the roster. Brooklyn is straddling the narrowest of walkways, keeping conviction on Irving's contract talks and keeping Durant's desire to stay in net. We heard yesterday from Nick Friedell, who's probably one of <laughs> the worst Nets reporters in Nets beat media history, saying that, is their relationship even that strong? We got the word impenetrable connection, Nick. You and yeah. I don't have an impenetrable connection. We've got a strong connection, but it's definitely not impenetrable. <laughs> I don't know how to take that, Jack. No, uh, but uh, for real, though, it's uh, definitely... Something that we kind of anticipated, though, again, something we've talked about and obviously has been apparent from, you know, we had that piece that you always bring up from the ringer talking about the relationship and just different things. And you see them interact on the court and just, you know, what they have. And obviously they want to be together. And it's also just not the point of the friendship, but it's also the point of if Kyrie is traded or, you know, sign and trade or let go in for agency, whatever it is. They really have no way to replicate that talent. Yeah, there's, you know, a scenario where they do get something back in a sign and trade, but it's probably not up to that standard and you're probably not competing, especially because you really just have no idea what to expect from Ben Simmons. So there's multiple reasons why Kevin Durant would want out if Kyrie Irving is gone. One being the relationship, but two being the state of the roster and not having an opportunity to compete as he enters, you know, the final stages of his career. The fact that they are putting this at at risk and at jeopardy. Like what is this late too? This late. And what is the ultimate reward they're gonna get out of it? Kyrie Irving signs a two-year deal for $75 million or four or $80 million or whatever it is. We've heard varying reports. Bobby Marks went on TV and sort of said that 
you know, they'd offer him a four-year contract. If he was in charge, Bobby Mark speaking about the Nets seems a little bit rich sometimes. <laughs> but I get where he was coming from. He said that the year three and year four would become fully guaranteed on conditions that Kyrie would play at least 65 games in year one and year two of the contract. So we know that the Nets have priorities to make it a shorter-term deal or an incentive-laden deal. Those those reports are out there. That the is rumored the, number, Jack, was two years, $84 million. And look, there's talks of Kyrie Irving now, varying reports on Kyrie Irving just going, you know what, stuff this, I'll take the MLE in Los Angeles. And, and not just a regular stuff. MLE, the taxpayer MLE, which is only $6 million. And I have my skepticism and reservations about that, given the fact that Kyrie Irving lost a solid chunk of money this year by around choosing- Around 17 mil, right? Around around that sort of number for choosing, you know, to his his own rights to choose not to get vaccinated, and therefore, you know, the, the Nets holding him out and and not paying him for the games that he he didn't play during that period. So, look, it's guessing what Kyrie Irving wants to do is anyone's is is, is fool's gold. You know, none of us can really get into the head of him, other than probably Kevin Durant himself. But the fact that, and we literally said this, Nick, I think we were pretty goddamn strong on it. You are going to alienate Kevin Durant in this process. And it is now being not just said by two podcasters that are two fans of this team and have a deep desire for this team and a vested interest in it. We're getting it from the most credentialed NBA reporter and one of the top sports journalists in the world. That is dramatic to say the least. Yeah, it was essentially came out in reporting that Kevin Durant is putting pressure on the Nets to re-sign Kyrie Irving. So that alone, soon as it gets to the point where Kevin Durant is asking you to get this done, you need to get it done. Because like we've talked about in the past, without Kevin Durant, the Nets are not competing for a championship. They're essentially back to being an irrelevant team. You know, most likely going to the lottery without having their lottery picks, but also potentially, you know, being a fringe playoff team, which is probably even worse. So they would be stuck in this in-between and not have their picks moving forward. It would just be a doomsday scenario losing Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, especially because it's never really felt like this team's got an opportunity to take that full run at a championship. Obviously, some of that's self-inflicted and some of that's, you know, injury-related from the season before. So you'd love to see these guys get back on, back on the nets, Kyrie re-signed, and again, so they can focus on making these other moves, especially because, oh, let's say the Kyrie stuff does get done. Now the, the moves that they could have made are no longer there because they were unsure of the future of the team. Yeah, look, and, and that is exactly it, Nick. And I think alienating Kevin Durant is already being reflected in that reporting and the fact that yeah. this is probably and maybe the most shocking part, not the most shocking, there's so many goddamn little tidbits that we're sort of discussing here that KD hasn't been as involved in sort of recruiting yeah. guys as he was in seasons past. You know, Blake Griffin, Marcus Aldridge, the team was a, a lot of Kevin Durant. And we heard Kevin Durant as GM, like Le GM, you know, last season and the season before that. Now we're hearing that he doesn't even care. And that is just, this is, we, are, we, win, a, we win a championship because of Kevin Durant. You win a championship because of your best player, your Stephen Curry, your Giannis Antetokounmpo. The Nets need Kevin Durant to be all in, and he is barely in. Like yeah. he has, that's just I. It's, I, I, I think just he's just unsure of what's going to happen with the thing. So what's the point of him trying to recruit somebody if he's not even going to be here, or Kyrie's not going to be here, and they don't really have an opportunity to compete for a championship? So you can't even really blame Kevin Durant in this scenario here. So. It's, and who knows? And who knows? With the fact that we heard reports of Jeremy Grant going to Portland because of his ties with Damian Lillard, 
But he also does have ties with Kevin Durant. And if Kevin Durant is a guy that's just like, and was actually active in this process and this offseason and with free agents and, and trade targets, and he had to have had a word to Jeremy Grant, who do you think has a bigger sway around the NBA? I would say Kevin Durant. Now, I'm not saying that is the discerning factor and it's the reason why the Nets didn't get Jeremy Grant, but it certainly could be something. Yeah, I mean, it definitely could have played a role. Obviously, I think the spot in Portland and Jeremy Grant having that opportunity to probably be the number two played something there. But like you said, KD calls you and says, hey, let's compete for this championship. And I would assume, you know, KD's a guy that Jeremy Grant probably looks up to. I think what they're both from the same area. They were Team USA together. So there is connections there. And it's, you know, with the assets the Nets have in terms of acquiring players via trade or also just getting to free agency, they only have the taxpayer mid-level exception and veteran minimum deals. And that's really where you have to recruit because you're getting usually someone who's pretty good to take a pay cut to come play with you. And obviously there's going to be plenty of competition because there's plenty of competing teams in the NBA that have a chance at a championship next year. And again, it's just the Nets essentially wasting time because they're not sure, the players aren't sure who's going to be on the team next year until they figure out the Kyrie Irving situation and get this deal done. It needs to be done, Nick. And it's, look, I understand, you know, priorities from both parties. I understand why Kyrie Irving is remaining steadfast because he can get the most out of it by using his best leverage plate, which is Kevin Durant. You know, without Kevin Durant and without that strong friendship and strong relationship, Kyrie Irving wouldn't have any leverage at all. But the strongest leverage is Kevin Durant. The Nets leverage is what? You know, Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving's volatility and his, his unavailability, all those different things and going, okay, well, go and get it somewhere else. I think he would get it somewhere else. Or I think that trying to you know, forecast what Kyrie Irving would do and go, no, we're, we're pretty strong on this because what you can lose, Nick, is everything. You're yeah. not just going to lose Kyrie Irving and you know his ability and his desire to stay with the franchise. You're losing your only chance at winning with Kevin Durant. With Kevin Durant comes Kyrie Irving. They are a package, whether you like it or whether anyone else likes it or not. So why it just seems to be such a stark change. And we heard it, like you alluded to on the last episode, such a stark change from messaging from the front office and from ownership. It's just like, no, we are the Brooklyn Nets. We are a franchise beyond the superstars. Whereas we were just superstar driven and laden before that. And we're going to let our players run everything. Yes, I understand that there were problems within that, but you can't have it both ways. You can't go 180 in the space of three months in a time that is maybe the biggest offseason in franchise freaking history. Yeah, and you don't get these championship windows often. You know, look at us Nets fans. You know, we had the early 2000s, but after that, it's really been nothing. And now you have this opportunity and a real chance to compete for a championship. And who knows when you'll have another opportunity. And if you lose these two guys, like we talked about in the previous episode, it could negatively impact you in free agency moving forward in terms of attracting those big free agents. And honestly, you just have to ask yourself, when's the next time we're going to be able to land a top five player, especially we have no you know, lottery picks moving forward. It's just highly unlikely. You have to capitalize on the opportunity when you can. You just have to, Nick. And whatever it takes, and you need to go all in, you need to throw your chips on the table, you need to put your money where your mouth is, all of the other you know, colloquialisms that you want to throw in there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. However... If we change tax slightly, but we've got some positive reporting from people like you alluded to with Mark Stein. Mark Stein uh, reported in his newsletter, and he's done some reporting on the Nets that's been pretty credible of late. He said that the persistent expectation league-wide is that the Nets will hash out some sort of new deal with Kyrie Irving. Brian Windhorst also spoke to ESPN, I think it was on um, NBA Today, or if not a, another television show, saying... Uh, and I quote, despite all of this intensity, a lot of the league still believes that ultimately he's going to be back in Brooklyn on some sort of contract. So that's positive. But what is negative is everything else that we've discussed, because the longer this drags out, the worse this is, not just for Ky- not just for Kyrie and, and Nets fans, but for the franchise overall and their ability to build a roster around Kyrie and around KD and around hopefully a healthy Ben Simmons. Now, is Kyrie being selfish in his demands and, and, and such? Maybe, but that's within his rights as a player within the free agency spectrum of, of the NBA. So I think that's Kyrie's level. And Jack, I just sorry to cut you off. And regardless of what you think of Kyrie, it doesn't really matter because it's connected to Kevin Durant. And if you think that he doesn't deserve this deal, that's fine. But he has the leverage to get this deal because, of, like you mentioned, Jack, his relationship with Kevin Durant. That, and look, sometimes having friends in high places gets you some good things, you know, that thankfully becoming friends with you got us onto this Brooklyn Buzz podcast. <laughs> so, but in in saying that, it's it's we've sort of spoken about at length this offseason about the push and the pull between Shaw Marks, the front office and the ownership group and Kyrie Irving and where the leverage did lie. Now the leverage is clearly with Kyrie Irving because now it's the possible consequences of losing him means losing everything. Again, everything. Look, you'll, you'll have Ben Simmons and Joe Harris leading the offense. 
yip de doo Now, I'm a, I'm a big Ben Simmons fan. I've, I've, I've obviously, you know, my Australian ties there. I've been a Joe Harris stand in, in seasons past. But as Nets fans and as NBA fans everywhere, we want a championship. And our best chance of a championship is with Kyrie and KD and everything else. We need it, Nick. We want it. And Shaw Marks and Joe Sy, they're doing everything almost to take it away from us. Yeah, I mean, it really is. I mean, again, getting to this point in, you know, this close to free agency right next to the draft and the fact that it's negatively impacting your ability to pursue, you know, other trade targets or free agents because your focus is so, you know, on Kyrie Irving getting this deal done. So it's just like you've had all this time. The Nets were knocked out in the first round. They were knocked out in the quickest amount, four games. So they've had all this time to figure this out and they still can't get it done. And at the end of the day, it's obviously there both sides want some level of compromise, but it's just like you have to just kind of cave in at this point if KD is applying that pressure. And like you said, Jack, there's really no other option out there. So in your opinion, what where's your percentage at in terms of Kyrie Irving being a net next season? I know we just uh, did this yesterday. Um, well, I don't even know what I said yesterday. Did I say 70% or 30% that he's leaving? I think that was a question I asked you. Or yeah. It was something I think else. I might have only answered, and I think I said 65 to 70. I probably would drop at least 5% today. Yeah, I'm, I'm going, I'll am I'm go 55, 45, just, just above, maybe maybe 60, 40, because I, I think, and, and maybe I should be listening more to the reports from Mark Stein and Brian Winhill about the fact that this is going to get done with what are the repercussions of it? You know, yeah. the, the Nets lose out on getting team a PJ morale. Washington. Team morale, Carl Kuzma, you know, Kevin Durant obviously is is being disenfranchised through this process as well. Do the uh, It's just, uh, and I'm, I'm rubbing my eyes here, Nick, and, and sometimes <laughs> I wish we had a, a video podcast because it would show the level of frustration that we have. And again, this isn't us totally being anti-Shaw Marks, anti-Josai. I understand where they are coming from with reason, but the depth of reasoning and the priority for them to remain steadfast is, look, just align a, a, a contract for four years with Kevin Durant and let it be done. If there's a few incentives here and there that save you four or five million dollars or $10 million or whatever the hell it is, like it's essentially Joe Sy saying, oh man, I don't know if I want to give Kyrie Irving that. And I think it's for them trying to regain a, a semblance of leadership and ownership over the franchise itself and sort of being like, you know, we're in charge here. We're running things here. It's not just you guys. Now, would just giving Kyrie Irving everything that he wants see that a little bit? Yes, but I also do think that for the next four years, you're ceding responsibility because it means that the Nets have the biggest, the best chance of getting a championship, of having motivation from Kevin Durant, of having motivation from Kyrie Irving. They're getting their guys in. They're just wanting to to win. Their passion, their desire to to get their their, their next chip in, in, on their resume remains high. To say to say that that Joe and Sean Marks have no reason to be doing this is you know a little bit foolish and and I'm not saying that but like I said I just don't think it's worth it all in the in, in, uh, when you sort of sum it all up. Yeah, I think like you're saying, Jack, there's reason to be upset with Kyrie Irving if you're Joe Sy, Sean Marks, Nets fans in general in terms of how things have played out. But when you look at the the situation and the other elements and the other variables that are almost not Kyrie related in the sense of like he's best friends with Kevin Durant. He's a superstar player in a player driven league. 
these are just things that do happen. And I understand a little bit of the push pushing and shoving on the contract stuff. But again, it's gotten to this point. It's just a little bit too deep where now you're allowing it to have a negative impact on other spots on the roster. And like you said, just maybe cave in or give the incentives or maybe like a three year deal of three ma- uh, a max for three years. will get it done. Like we don't even know from what we know right now, the nets are offering a two year max. So push it up a little bit more at the end of the day. What, what, what are you going to really lose in the sense of like, you can't replace the salary and you're with Kevin. And if you lose Kyrie, you lose Kevin Durant. So what it's I don't as simple understand. as that, Nick, it's as simple as that. If you're taking anything from all of our talk over the past month, two months, however long it's been since the nets were eliminated is that if the nets lose Kyrie Irving, they lose Kevin Durant. And our podcast is just going to be talking about, you know, and I don't. And you don't have your picks, and that's what makes it worse. And if you, and I'm not to say that I would do it if you had your picks, but it's just like there's not even like a tank scenario where you can be like, oh yeah, we're going to get a top three player or something. You know what I mean? Like Sean Marks and Joe Sy have put themselves in this position. Yeah, they have mortgaged their future on Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and originally James Harden. Now, now you have no future in terms of draft capital. Obviously, they've got that little bit with the the Sixers one that they deferred to next year. There's talks that they want to get into the second round to get some sort of piece there, which, you know, obviously we got Kessler Edwards last year, so that wouldn't be too bad. But it's just like that they they think that they're so in the right. And it's just like, well, you know, it's either our way or the highway. Well, the highway leads to mediocrity. And mediocrity highway isn't a place where Nets fans want to be. I certainly don't want to be. And if you're a, a person that's just like, I get where Sean Marks is coming from. Let Kyrie Irving go. It's just like, okay, are you also comfortable with Kevin Durant leaving? If you yeah. are, then I am I'm befuddled at your desire for the Nets to win because how else are they going to win? You know, we don't have draft capital for, what is it, 2027, 2028? 2028, we are going to- they had, that's, not, that's when they finally get their own pick back. For the next, you know, every other year, it's going to be swaps with Houston. And the, the Nets will be exactly what they were when we first started this podcast, a team that was barely relevant. And we are so relevant right now that it is chaotic. Yeah. But I'd rather be that with a, champion, a chance to win in a championship than to be the D'Angelo Russell, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, Yogi Ferrell, every other player that is, is a bit of fun to watch every now and then and some great memories but there's no chance to championship. I'm willing to put up with the chaos a little bit, Nick, and there's a lot of chaos to go with it. But if it means a chance at winning, then I'm I'm all in on it. Now, Sean Marks and Joe Sy are to an extent, but they aren't enough. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if, you know, re-signing Kyrie Irving gives you a 25% chance to win a championship and the other 75% is everything goes to shit, you take the 25% chance because like you've mentioned and like we've talked about always is, the goal is to win a championship. Nothing else matters. So you need to have that superstar talent. And again, when we saw these two players on the court with a team that had chemistry and had a relatively you know, competent roster against the Bucks the previous season, they looked like they were set to win a championship. This last year, a lot of different hurdles. Roster construction wasn't great. Stars didn't this play year, well. This year, Nick, I'm going to be tweeting this out tomorrow. So... Follow me, follow Nick on Twitter, join the Nets community, the Brooklyn Buzz community, uh, check in the link description of, of this episode. The Nets had a 125 offensive rating in 523 minutes when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were out there. 125. <laughs> That's just two of them. You, yeah. you don't throw in a Nick Claxton or Bruce Brown or whatever, maybe it goes down a little bit on the offense, and they have a plus 14 net rating. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are going to give you success together. You're just purely... and. 
you've got, you know, you're adding some things on the side, but Igor Kokoshkov might give you some offensive diversity and dynamism and imagination. There's some things being done that's just like, okay, cool. And then you add maybe a PJ Washington, you add maybe a, you know, a, a, a small ball five or PJ Washington maybe is that small ball five. Maybe you get a Carl Kuzma. Maybe you get someone else in the draft or or whatever else it, it, it takes to sort of fill out the roster. And you might have a championship team, Nick, but we're not going to have a championship team without Kyrie Irving and hence Kevin Durant. Yeah, and especially if it doesn't get done, you know, even regardless if you bring, you know, Kyrie back and everyone's quote-unquote happy again, you might not have a championship team because you miss out on potential off-season acquisitions, you know, be it those trade targets you just mis- uh, mentioned or be it some of the free agents that are, you know, already being tampered with across the league. Like, there's just a lot of things that also have to get done for this team to take that next step. And it is definitely not only re-signing Kyrie Irving, but making sure you have, you know, competent two-way wings that you can play in the postseason and, you know, potentially a small ball five or a stretch five. These are things that the team needs to compete at the highest level. So, Every second they don't get this deal done is just another second they waste not getting a trade or a free agent. Yeah, hopefully when we record tomorrow, we're actually talking about free agent targets because there's strong optimism from you know Woj that the deal is going to get done. And again, he expected to get done. He said it in, in his piece that you know it was similar to Mark Stein's reporting, but it was also prefaced with the the length of other details that we've already discussed sort of here. Nick, I guess I'm not going to ask you to predict contract stuff. You know, you you might choose to do your percentage of confidence of Kyrie Irving remaining again or whatever. But I, I also do think, you know, it might be worth touching on some of the free agency murmurings that we have heard over the past 24 to 48 hours. Any final Kyrie, KD, chaotic Nets thoughts? You know, ideally, by the time this episode drops, we're getting some type of Woj update that the Nets and Kyrie Irving are progressing towards a deal or a deal is almost done. I don't care if we waste this entire podcast. I was literally, I was like, we all, it's happened to us plenty of times with us as well as in other podcasts that we've appeared on where it's just like, all right, well, that was nothing. Now we have to record a second podcast and sort of, you know, gel them all together. I don't care. Yeah. If it means like uh, that we've wasted I'll record half for an three hour. hours if I have. To. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll do a solo podcast for four hours by myself, staying back here till 9 p.m. after work. If it means that Kyrie Irving is back and the whole Nets nonsense, as you called it, off wax Knicks is done. You know, we get some semblance of stability within the franchise that has been you know so chaotic from front office to players and from, from to ownership. But uh, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted talking about it. I'm exhausted. Just, I'm just exhausted in general as a Nets fan. I can't imagine, I can't imagine other people who have been, you know, have as strong ties like you do, and and people that have been with this team for for years and years on end. Because man, I need a drink. <laughs> yeah, no, it really, it's been a frustrating day, a frustrating week, and I think it is frustrating from the sense of it's so apparent to everybody on the outside at what the Nets should be doing and how they should be handling the situation, and they're not doing it that way. But like you said, Jack. We can touch on some free agency stuff and some trade rumors, which is actually the fun stuff to talk about during the offseason rather than, you know, is your second best player going to resign with your team and is your first best player going to request a trade? So we did get some stuff from uh, Mike Scotto in terms of Joe Harris and Cam Thomas. You know, teams around the league have been kind of calling the Nets to gauge interest in those two. And it seems like Cam would be able to garner the Nets a first round pick if he was traded. That That's a deal you do immediately because... Cam Thomas, in terms of the pecking order within the guards, Paddy Mills, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, he's fourth on that pecking order. And if you can get an asset in return for him, 
I love Killer Cam. You know, we've been we've been a Cam Thomas stand podcast since the moment that he came to Brooklyn. But looking at it objectively, uh, as much as I, it would pain for me to say, we were we were thinking about Cam Thomas merge throughout the year as well. And and if we drop some of that sort of stuff, if the Nets can get something in return for him that is as high a value as a first rounder or a rotation piece that is not another guard and someone above six foot three, then it's something you do in a heartbeat. And in relation to Joe Harris, Nick. You know, I, I thought that you know, it's interesting to hear that there is some interest around him, but Shaw Marks and uh, a lot of people sort of pointing out the fact that, look, Shaw Marks, when it comes to his guys and his guys being Steve Nash, Joe Harris seem to be sort of top two, where there was talks about James Harden leaving the franchise and, and his sort of desire to be within Brooklyn, Shaw Marks and Joe Harris both spoke to him together. That's how highly I think Joe Harris is rated or in in, in, in the good graces of Shaw Marks. So, I, I would trade Joe Harris if it meant if it had have meant getting Jeremy Grant. If it means getting a relatively high end wing or or two decent rotation players that can replace Joe, because if you keep Seth, if you keep Patty, those are guys that provide you the spacing. Yes, Joe's bigger, but he's also had postseason woes. It's about the return, and if you get a decent return, you put both of those guys on the table every day of the week. Yeah, I think you also just want to make sure it's the right return because it is your biggest contract in terms of trading. So you don't want to you want to make sure you I think you'd ideally look for like a fringe all star, like a Jeremy Grant level player. You know, that's the player you're looking for. Joe Harris, you're not I don't think you just want to throw him out there just to get a wing. You want to make sure it's a a closing wing, a guy that's a starting level player. And I agree with the Cam Thomas thing. And I think it's also important to just gauge interest to see, you know, who is that team that'd be interested in trading for him and throwing that first round pick. So if you do set up a three team or a four team trade, that's already something you can have aligned. So you can create that extra first right off rip. And maybe, you know, that first is sent over to Charlotte for uh, PJ Washington and PJ Washington comes over in the trade exception. That's a guy that we've talked about. That's a guy that's starting to generate some trade interest. I know Jake Fisher mentioned that uh, the Hornets were willing to uh, listen to calls on PJ Washington. Also, we know the Hornets have gotten to a point where they're so desperate for money. They've opened to the idea of taking on Russell Westbrook to open up money. So if they're that desperate to get off money, maybe they'll just take, you know, send PJ Washington over in the trade exception. Surely it has to. Surely the Nets have to be one of these teams that gets one of those wings, Nick. You know, we heard Portland are now interested in in getting OG Ananobi, a guy that we had as our top A one A priority as a guy that would fit just tremendously within the Brooklyn Nets. But I think that is uh, the highest of pipe dreams if, if, if that are possible. You know, you also sent through to me some talks about Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope, uh, as well as Jay Crowder, as well as Kyle Kuzma, who the Nets have had some reported interest in the past. You know, when there was the sort of sign and trade happening, you know, with Spencer Dimwitty, there was talks with the, the Lakers and the Wizards and, and everything else in between around that. I wouldn't hate any of those three just to just have a wing. My priority would be Kyle Kuzma because I actually do think, despite all of the histrionics and off-the-court stuff, I think he's a really good player. I think he's a good rebounder. I think his defense has, has improved a lot, and I think he can create his own shot. So are you giving up Joe Harris for that? I don't know. I'm, I'm not really the guy that makes those decisions. I'm not as good with the sort of trade and trade machine stuff and cap stuff and free agency stuff as you are, but the Nets need a wing. And, you know, it, if, if it's not PJ Washington, if it's not Kyle Kuzma, if it's not Jay Crowder, if it's not Contavious Caldwell-Pope, then who the hell is it? They can't get another James Johnson, Nick. Like, for God's sake. Yeah, PJ Washington makes five point eight million, so he'd fit into the second biggest trade exception, which is ideal because then you'd still be able to keep the 
11 point something trade exception for another trade. So uh, that would be ideal. And actually I could 11.3 trade exception to be exact. So that opens up an opportunity. Like you said, Jack, Kyle Kuzma could be somebody, uh, Rui Hachimura, uh, Denny Avia or two other guys I mentioned from Washington on the trade target pod. That could be somebody the Nets look to target. Obviously we know the Pacers are looking to look, uh, move Miles Turner. That could be a potential stretch five. Uh, we've heard some rumblings with Cam Johnson as well. The Suns looking to get some money off. So, there's definitely going to be wings out there. And obviously the trade market has been more friendly to the buyers, at least recently. You know, like we mentioned earlier, Jeremy Grant for a late future first round pick. Even Christian, Christian Wood. Yeah, yeah like late first round pick, especially if you're helping that team clear money. We see so many teams not have cap space. Maybe they're trying to open their mid-level exception. Maybe they're trying to open space for another deal. That's where the Nets could really utilize these trade exceptions if Joe Sy is willing to spend. So again, though, all of this kind of depends on what happens with Kyrie Irving because you're not necessarily making win-now moves if you don't have your two superstars. So the most crucial thing in this entire scenario is going to be getting that deal done sooner than later. Ideally, it's done by tomorrow and they can be active on draft day. Yeah, I've been waking up to a lot of uh, absolute <laughs> chaos and DMs that are just crazy from Nets fans and Brooklyn Buzz listeners. And it's just like, man, it'd be nice to wake up to once where we had, you know, the – Signed, sealed, delivered, and just shot and shot. It's it's just crazy how how much it has changed, Nick, since last year's off season, yeah. where Sean Marks was saying, you know, essentially signed, sealed, delivered for Kyrie Irving and James Harden, and now we're at the point where, and not just Kyrie, not just James Harden is gone, Kyrie Irving could be gone, and Kevin Durant could be gone in the space of twelve months. So much can change in this NBA. So much can change with this Brooklyn Nets squad. I I, I can't predict what's going to happen next, and a part of me is scared too. Yeah, I mean, you got to capitalize on your windows and make sure that you're in the best position to win because you never know when it's going to be over. So, like you said, hopefully we get some good news and hopefully we can talk about non-Kyrie Irving stuff other than the fact that he's signing a deal and we can focus on you know our previews, our targets, and things like that. But, Jack, anything else before we get out of here? Just that, Nick. <laughs> That's very fitting. And uh, as always, a pleasure talking Nets with you. Big thanks, everybody, for listening. Check the buzz on all stream platforms. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.